Welcome. Um, welcome back. If you listen to our first episode, this is, or our pilot episode. Our pilot episode. This is episode two. And uh, so thank you so much if you did listen. If you're here for the first time, we're happy you're here. And thank you guys for the feedback. We, uh, we are really appreciate it. Yes. Yeah, that was really nice. It's awesome that people are into this, that people care about it, and we had so much fun, and we're ready to have some more fun. We're going to have even more fun. Well, I'm Brittany. <laughs> and I'm Amy. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the podcast we don't have a name for yet, um, but for those of you who participated in our poll on Instagram, we have our top three names. So, we're hoping... Top three, we're going to narrow it down on episode three. Yes. And pick a name. We're going to commit. We're going to get a committed time. relationship <laughs> with a name next time. So, here we go. Top, top names. Three. Top, th- top three, right? Or top four? Well, there's a tie oh, for right. the third place. Yeah. So, technically, it's top three, but it's actually four names. So, <laughs> we have Dark Alignment in the lead. Okay. Let it sink in. We have Death by the Stars, which is also very fun. And then tied for third place, we have Charted Mysteries and Unfortunate Alignments. So, not sure where we're going to go with it, so be sure to follow us on Instagram. Follow so that, me on Instagram, yes, Ruth Rose. We're going to put up another poll. It's going to be awesome. This is the final decision, guys. The final countdown. The final, final countdown. Final countdown. <laughs> okay. And then I'm at Britt Oakley, B-R-I-T-T underscore Oakley, O-A-K-L-E-Y. Yes, um, that's all I have as far as plugs go, nothing um, fancy happening, but Amy. She's got a great account, guys, you need to follow um, Yeah, if you, like, if you like dachshunds and you like pole dancing, follow me. That's that's pretty much my, my spam. Body positivity. Body positivity, all of the above. It's a Check good life. Out. Yes. Um, yeah, and if you're into astrology, I post daily astrological readings on my Patreon as well. There um, is a link in my bio on Instagram and in the link in the description here. Yeah, I also have spots available for personal daily readings if you're into that. If you, I really like doing a lot of mental health kind of things on there. Like, I always warn people, hey, uh, you might feel triggered today. Like, today might be a rough day for you. Not in a um, pessimistic way, but like a, a like, it's like a watch yourself. Like yeah, yeah. stay, give yourself rest today. Give yourself a break. You know? um, I know about this because I am <laughs> a Patreon subscriber of Amy's, and I get my personal daily reading, and I freaking love it. It's mm-hmm. definitely worth the thank you the few dollars yeah. a month to get my <laughs> daily custom. Info. I love it so much. It tells me all my stars and you get yeah. It's fun to know what's going on. I'll check my own chart every day too. I'm like, oh, what's going on for me? Like, yes. Fun. So that's the cool stuff we have going on. We do have a special guest with us um, oh, today. Yeah, yeah. So let's introduce Barley. Get me here. The new co-host. Everyone. We'll see how she does. She's auditioning. <laughs> this is Barley. <laughs> For her first debut oh, on the podcast. Stick her up there. My pink <laughs> style. Oh, she loves it. Oh, Hi. Are you a star? Yes. So Barley's going to be joining us today. It's a it's a girl power kind of a day, if if you will, um, because this week 
We've chosen not to do a victim. Last week we did the Black Dahlia. Mm -hmm. Great story. This week we're going a little twisted. I wanted to do a serial killer's chart. Mm -hmm. and that's that's what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. I really wanted a serial killer's chart, and she knew the perfect person. I went with, I mean, when I say it's like my favorite, <laughs> I don't mean that I love killing. I mean, right, like, yeah. um, this is a, a serial killer I've been fascinated with since childhood. Just uh, so different from so many others. We're going to be doing the one and only Eileen Wernos, the only female serial killer to kill in the same manner as a male. Because traditionally, serial killers have been what they call angels of death. So these are yeah. ones that are like a caretaker, yeah. poisoning. I'm gonna put a little bubble in your IV. Yes, yeah. yes. Or like um, somebody who's a caretaker and they're seen in a high regard by people that they know. Like, mm -hmm. oh, she's such a good person. She can take care of her whole family while they passed away, and she was, you know, fucking poisoning them the oh, whole time. Oh, like they weren't necessarily on. Okay. Oh no, they yeah, yeah, yeah. They weren't ill at all until they got involved with her. She cool. was like, come stay with me, you know? Yeah. Um, so those angel of death uh, kind of stories. You're already not doing great, Harley. There's little noises all of a sudden. I'll give you another chance. You get another chance this time. You, hey, call, you, you gotta call out. back. <laughs> Don't make me regret this. <laughs> Don't make me regret So we'll go ahead and get into kind of the story of Eileen. I think um, mm -hmm. people know mainly about her story from the 2003 blockbuster monster it was actually um, made after her life after she had already passed away she was uh, executed the year before Man. but when that movie came out i mean charlie's theron did an amazing job portraying her i mean talking yeah. physically too i mean looked <laughs> identical to eileen oh, i might see a picture of that i've seen like a like before and after, like transition, it's, transformation, character transformation. You have to do like a double yeah. take because she looks exactly it like Eileen. Awesome. And it's it's crazy. She did a fantastic job. Um, but Eileen was actually born in Michigan on a leap year. She was born February so 29th. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. It is interesting. Um, it doesn't mean that much astrologically, but it's which interesting. I'm, which bums me out. <laughs> I want that to She wanted it to be something like, ooh. Not I got really. Unless I don't know something. Tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let me know if there is something special when you're born on a leap year other than you just don't get a real birthday <laughs> very often. Um, which was pretty fitting for Eileen because her yeah. childhood was horrific. Oh, so, um, <laughs> so let's talk about the world that she came into. So Eileen entered a world with two parents. Um, her mom was 14 fucking years old when she was born and already had one yeah. child. That's rough. So, you know, you have your second kid at 14. Yes. Um, Eileen's father was only 16, so you got two teenage parents in the mid-50s with two kids. So that was not That's stress. Um, That's a stress. popular way to start your family. No, not popular. Very stressful. We're talking, <laughs> yeah, you're a mom. Yeah, uh, and I'm like... A young mom. I'm not a high. I'm not that young of a mom. You, you're not a 13 year old child bride. Even having a baby in college, like that was that felt really stressful. I can't imagine 14. Yeah, and uh, so 14 years old, having two children. It's the 50s. Mm -hmm. um, so Eileen had an older brother named Keith. Their parents were very very young. It's so like a seventh grader and a freshman. You know, just starting family. <laughs> Big shocker. Um, their relationship did not last. 
So after less than two years of marriage, she, uh, Eileen's mom, Diane, filed for divorce. And she was seven months pregnant with Eileen at the time. So think about the world Eileen was born into, a teenage mother who's already divorced. Mm. And um, her mom abandoned her and her brother <laughs> when they were when Eileen was four years old. Oh so God. Keith would have been five, Eileen was four. And they got left with their grandparents. So and they knew at that age. You, that four-year-old knows. Yeah. You you, you know, know who your mom and dad yeah. are. You know, or she didn't know who her dad was, but it's like you know who your mom is um, at that age. You formed somewhat of a bond, even if it's a disorganized yeah um, type of a bond. There's something there, like you know who that person is. They're supposed to take care of you. Mm -hmm. So right away, Eileen is abandoned. Um, she never met her father. He was. He was actually in prison when she was born. Mm. Um, he was schizophrenic mm -hmm. and uh, convicted of sex crimes against children. So oh, he wow. was not a fantastic guy. Wow. Um, he committed suicide by hanging himself in prison when Eileen was 13. So wow. she never got a chance to meet him, which doesn't sound like he was uh, going to be a fantastic influence anyway. I don't know that. I do not want to judge. Yeah, you never know like, how. It's just. Hmm. Uh, I don't know the the, the child crimes. Right. I I just totally, mm, totally I right. can't. So now, uh, trigger warning. Going to talk about Eileen's. There's probably a trigger warning. Uh, the trigger warning should be podcast. at the top of the show when late. <laughs> trigger warning. Um, subtitle. <laughs> that is the subtitle. The whole thing just flashing in the corner. <laughs> Her story gets way fucking sadder, because when she's 11 years old, um, that's when she starts doing sexual favors at school. Oh, so, so she young. was uh, doing things at school with boys mm. in exchange for cigarettes and drugs and wow. food. Um, but they called her some pretty upsetting names. Yeah. Um, one of the ones that really sticks out to me that hurts my heart a lot is they called her Sig Pig, because she would do anything for a cigarette. Can you imagine? Uh, like you're talking 11, 12 and you years got that old. Kind of reputation already. You think about what it's, it's like, like to be a you. little girl at that age, and uh, oh, the thought of the thought of this life and this name calling and just like being known this way, um, like the connotation of that is so degrading. Yeah, it's so upsetting. I I hate it so much. Um, they just didn't see her as a person, and they didn't treat her like a person. Nobody really ever did. So yeah. Eileen kind of had this really sad childhood. Um, she also supposedly engaged in sexual activity with her brother starting mm -hmm. at age 10. Yeah. Um, that her alcoholic grandfather had been sexually assaulting her most of her life. So the parents- well, I don't know why I assumed the grandparents were better. <laughs> I mean, you, that's because it's traditionally- uh, I was hoping. You hope that. I was yeah. hoping, yeah. And you would think that too, like, okay, well, we've got young parents. Well, maybe the grandparents, you know, are gonna be the people mm -hmm. that raise this child or raise the children. So, oh apparently before beating her, he would force Eileen to strip out of her clothes. Um, when Eileen is 13, she gets pregnant after being raped by the friend of a of her grandfather. So, like, a family friend who hung out around the house um, raped her, resulting in a pregnancy. And she gave birth to the baby because they sent her away to a woman's, like, a commune. Yeah, like a... Uh -huh. place because they, they have to go because y'all it's the 60s they went on vacation mm -hmm. yeah she's know, like, out yeah. of town she's visiting an aunt you know 
So they sent her to a home for unwed mothers in 1971. She gave birth to a son, and the child was immediately placed for adoption. Oh so Eileen never held the baby, never touched the baby. Um, she never had a chance at all to yeah. understand what was going on. Mm -hmm. She never received any sort of counseling. Oh. She never got any any help. And how old is she now? She is, uh, 13, 14, right? she, yeah, yeah. she is uh, 15 years old 15. when she's thrown out of the house for good. So her grandfather throws her out. She uh, began supporting herself as a full-time sex worker at that time, and she oh lived God. in a wooded area near her home. And you're talking Michigan. Yeah, yeah. It's cold. cold. It's cold. She's living in the woods. She is still, for a while, she was still actually attending school. So she'd mm -hmm. go to school. Trying to keep going. Right. She, then she's homeless, doing sexual favors in the woods. I mean, just, it, it's so sad. And it really explains kind of the next things that are going to happen. So she starts getting to life of criminal activity. And a lot of it is by necessity as far as, like, yeah. stealing and theft. Mm -hmm. um, when she's 18, she's arrested in Colorado for DUI disorderly conduct, firing a gun from a moving vehicle. So um, she was later charged with a failure to appear for that. So yeah. didn't make it to court. Um, and then when she's 20, she actually hitchhiked to Florida. So she wanted to relocate, hitchhiked to Florida. It's warm all the time. It's a lot easier to live a transient yeah. style life. And then she lived in the Daytona Beach area. You know, it's not frigid half <laughs> the year. You can sleep on the beach. That You know, it's it's easier to survive and you can do sex yeah. work year-round there because, you know, when you are hitchhiking and right. kind of running your business and all that way, that was the way and that you are, did sex people work. People go to the beach and look for a good time. Right. And all, yeah. And that, that's the way you did sex work then. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, there's a lot of other ways and other yeah. avenues, but when you're talking back in the 80s. There's not, you know, you can't talk on snack yet. Right? The 70s and the 80s, you were hitting the streets. Like, there wasn't, or you had a pimp. Like, there wasn't a safe way to do sex work then, mm -hmm. um, like there is now. But she ended up meeting a 70-year-old yacht club president when she was 20. She hitchhiked with him, got to know him. And uh, they got married. Whoa! So this was Unexpected. kind of this was Unexpected kind of her ticket out. He was a you know country club. How old is she here? Sorry. She is twenty years old. Okay, twenty. He okay. is seventy years old. Oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but he is very very wealthy. This was kind of her ticket out of the life that she had okay. lived. Okay. Um, if she had been able to make that work, but poor Eileen. Like, she always knew, and she says this in later interviews, like, she always knew something was wrong with her life, mm -hmm. and she never knew how to fix it. She didn't know how, right. she couldn't you figure it out, she didn't have the started tools. started off on such a, in such a bad, yeah. Yeah. She had no tools, no mm -hmm. chance, um, no wherewithal on yeah. how to, like, guide her life. But this was, you know, this could have been something really big for her. They got married, they had a wedding announcement in the paper. Uh, in the newspaper society pages like she was part of high society at this point and uh she had essentially made it out of that bad life but of course it quickly fell apart and i mean fucking fast like it <laughs> it was like sand running through your fingers it was <laughs> very quick um eileen kept getting into confrontations at the local bar she was a heavy drinker and mm -hmm. a partier um at one point she went to jail for assault in wow. there um she hit her husband with his own cane not good 
not good. Not, not um, usually, no. <laughs> he got a restraining order against her, and that was on week nine of their marriage. Oh, I would have pictured this years in for some reason. No, no, this yeah, okay, was, okay. That, you yeah, know, yeah, they yeah. had a, almost a 90-day trial. <laughs> you know, <laughs> didn't quite make, make it that far. Um, so they actually ended up getting the marriage annulled, and okay. yeah, that's pretty rough. Um, at this point, Eileen... Somewhere in here, she attempts suicide, where she mm -hmm. actually shoots herself in the stomach. Um, she says that that was not her first suicide attempt. She right. was really depressed, struggling with addiction. Her whole life was miserable. Right. Yeah. It's a really tragic story, and it stays a tragic story for a little while longer, like, where we mm -hmm. feel sorry for Eileen. Yes. You know, yes. it, there are a lot of victims of her. Mm -hmm. Um, but at this point, she's still... Right, she's still... Holy shit, I feel so bad for this yeah. woman. Like, her life has been a horrible tragedy. Um, so she ends up going back to Michigan. Okay. And she's immediately arrested and charged with assault and disturbing the peace for throwing a cue ball at a bartender's head. So, you know, wow. there's some anger. Um, right after this, her brother Keith died of esophageal cancer, which was really tough for her. Um, and Eileen ended up getting $10,000 from his life insurance, so she ended really? up, like, actually... Okay, so that could have been pulled her over a little bit while, maybe, as long as it's not, like, a credit card situation. This could have been, like, fresh start, mm -hmm. like, a chance to really... You know, that's enough right. money where you could really do something, especially yeah. back then. Oh, true. You know, definitely. this was quite a while ago where $10,000 mm -hmm. would get you a lot further than it would now. Yeah. Um, but now, a month later, she gets fined for drunk driving. She used the money she inherited to pay the fine no. and spent the rest within two months buying luxuries, including a new car that she wrecked a few weeks later. So she's a fucking hot mess. Oh my god. She's like so, so self-destructive. But also, like, you 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 live this life and then you get all that money. Like, do you know what to do with it, really? Like I mean, well they say I mean, the curse of the lottery. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever watched any of the curse of the lottery stuff? A little bit. Like, like I've heard about it. Yeah. So it's one of those things where they say, like, if you've never been mm -hmm. raised with money and all of a sudden you have a bunch that you'll lose it, like, just as yeah. fast as you got it because <laughs> you don't know how to manage it. You don't know what mm -hmm. to do with it. Like, it's right. dangerous for you. Yeah. And it's like a frivolous mm -hmm. situation where it, like, leads to, I think this is I've heard it can be, like, uh, you end up more depressed than you were in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, of course she can't be responsible with it. Nobody taught her how to be. Like, she mm -hmm. didn't know what to do with that. She wasn't thinking about investments, we'll say. Her investment was that car, which, you know, that mm -hmm. would have, in theory, yeah. been a nice step up for her. Right. But, of course, she has an alcohol problem, and cars and alcoholism do not mix. No. I know from experience. <laughs> they don't. They don't. <laughs> so... Um, that didn't work out for her. She's a disaster. She keeps getting arrested constantly. So here we go. Um, I'm not going to go deep into these arrests <laughs> because so many. for the next, like, five years, at this point, she's, like, 24 years old, and there's a course of time where she's just getting arrested constantly. almost nonstop. Um, we'd be here all day if I went in too deep. What do you need? Barley. Oh. Barley. Barley cries. Barley is struggling. Come here. The attention's not on her. She won't come all the way to me either, because she's a dachshund. Um, so she's like, no, you come get me now. Come here. Come here. <laughs> Almost. Ugh. Okay. Can you sit and be good girl? All right. I need you to be good baby. We're telling stories. Oh, oh, such a love. Okay. Be good baby. <laughs> all right. Here we go. I 
Lee getting in trouble Kay. every fucking All day. Right, go, go. Age 25, arrested for armed robbery of a convenience store where she stole $35 and two packs of cigarettes in a fucking bikini. <laughs> she actually went to prison for this and was released when she was 27. Wow. She was arrested again within a year for trying to cash forged checks. Um, at 28, this is when she says that she started dating women and she entered... Um, what she regards as a very sinful lesbian lifestyle. So she was very self-hating, mm -hmm. um, which is not good. And for the time period, yeah, yeah. What are you going to I mean, find a positive mindset, probably? She attributes a lot of, like, her dark decline to um, the demons in her. Oh, with, with, okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting. But age 29, named a suspect in theft of a revolver and some ammo. And then she was arrested for car theft. Resisting arrest, obstruction of justice, providing false information. Um, she actually used her aunt's name for one of these, which you cannot do. Um, she had a gun and a box of ammo and her stolen car with her. Oh my God. Uh, at age 30, she was held for questioning after a man accused her of pulling a gun in his car and demanding $200. Wow. Guess what she had on her when they found her? Drugs. No. Oh. Ammunition. Again, oh. and a gun oh, okay, okay, okay. under the passenger seat. Right. She's always got a gun. It doesn't matter. Like, okay. She's got a gun. She's got a gun. She's got a gun. So, at this point, she's a disaster as far as criminal activity goes. Enter Tyria Moore. Ooh. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. So, so Tyria Moore was the love of her life. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, in the movie Monster, mm -hmm. was played by the super, super cute Christina Ricci. Ooh. So, okay. Christina Ricci is adorable. Such a generous portrayal of Tyria Moore. <laughs> I've heard her name pronounced both Tyria and mm -hmm. Tyra. Okay. But it's spelled Tyria. It's T-Y-R-I-A. I was almost hoping it was going to be Mary Tyler Moore. <gasps> and Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> Um, but it's Christina Ricci. Oh, okay, fine. Uh, Tyria Moore in real life, you know, she had more of like a rat tail situation. Uh -huh. It was definitely not super cute Christina mm -hmm. Ricci. So there's that. Okay. That's very nice of them to, to put her as that character. Um, so love of her life. And she says that all the way till she's executed. So wow. she held to that Tyria Moore was the mm -hmm. love of her life. Um, Ty was a hotel maid. Um, at a Daytona Beach gay bar mm -hmm. is where they met. They moved in together really quickly, and uh, they lived like nomads. They were kind of like, Fun. they'd live in a hotel mm -hmm. room this week, in a different hotel this week, mm -hmm. and now they've got, they're crashing at this mm -hmm. place or that place. So they had a really nomadic lifestyle, but Eileen fully supported them. Mm -hmm. In the career path, she had known her whole life. What was that? A sex worker. Oh. She, at this point, had been a sex worker for 15 years. So half of her right. life she had spent um, yeah. um, living that way. She really didn't know any other way to make mm -hmm. money. So, and her and Ty, you know, started to get into trouble together. Mm -hmm. Ty says she never approved of Eileen as a sex worker and actually mm -hmm. wanted her to stop. Yeah. But at the same time, Eileen mm -hmm. wanted to support yeah. her. Yeah. Like, she was afraid that Ty would leave mm -hmm. if, uh, she couldn't give her a place yeah. to live, and they couldn't party. Like, they liked to right. party. And they needed to maintain the, yeah. The, the lifestyle, the fucking luxurious lifestyle of hotel room partying in Daytona Beach. Um, so, 
She continued down that path. They were arrested a few different times. Um, Ty was usually a witness to mm -hmm. a lot of this stuff. Like, they'd be out at the bar. Eileen gets in a fight. She assaulted one guy with a beer bottle. Um, a year later, Eileen accuses a city bus driver of assaulting her, uh, <laughs> claiming he threw her off a bus after a confrontation. Mm -hmm. Ty apparently was the witness. Their relationship was very much one where Eileen just wanted to spoil her. Yeah. You know, like, you're my young, my young hot lover, and I want to spoil you because I want to keep you. Um, and Eileen was desperate for yeah. that loving relationship. Like, can you imagine? Like, poor baby. Her right. whole life, she'd been abandoned and used, and Ty was the first person who ever loved her back. So that meant something to Eileen. Like, that's that huge. Was, that yeah. is huge. I mean, she was 30 when she met her, right? Yeah. yeah. That's like a long time. That's a long, long time. Yeah, 30 years of your life where you're completely rejected, and mm -hmm. finally there's one person who's willing to return that love. Eileen completely mm -hmm. attached and wasn't willing to let that go. She would have done anything. Mm -hmm. Anything to keep her. So that's like where shit is about to get really dark. So all this, like, empathy that you feel for Eileen, it's going to go away pretty quick because... Mm -hmm. Once she starts killing, it it shit gets shit gets crazy. So, are you ready for murder? I'm gonna take this as a yes. There were guns, right? She had oh, guns. guns! We got guns everywhere. Guns be flying. Okay, so seven men were killed within one year along the Florida highways. Wow. So this was really confusing to police. That's not the normal type right. of victim they're used to finding. Mm -hmm. There's um, not many. Typically when you're seeing bodies like that kind of discarded along the highway, they are women. Mm -hmm. You're not used to seeing yeah. male victims. Like, what is he doing there? So this is- Wake up, dude. <laughs> dude, get up. So it's really interesting. Um, it's not the normal gender they're used to seeing and no one suspected a woman. Yeah. At this point, Eileen was 33. Um, her first victim was a convicted rapist who she claimed that she killed in self-defense. Wow. She goes on to say I that mean, about... That, that could totally be true. Right. Yeah. You she know? hadn't killed if that was her first. Like. I mean, your rape story is your rape story. Yeah. I would never want to discredit somebody yeah. for that. Um, so that's what she says, but she also says that about all seven. Yeah. Um, this is where, this is where it gets a little, a little glitchy. No, so. Who knows what's going on in her head? Oh, oh, we're gonna look. At, I mean, we're, we're gonna, gonna get look, but some, like. <laughs> I've got some fun quotes. She was a lot of fun. Oh, she did a lot of fun. interviews uh, in jail up to like the week before her death. I bet everybody wanted to talk to her. Oh, she was a talker too. I'm excited to see your charts. Yeah, I can't. Coming wait. up soon. Coming, just keep listening. <laughs> coming soon. Um, so she, of course, guess what she used to kill him. I'm gonna. Let you was it a gun? It was a gun! Okay. It was a gun. She loves guns. Um, so they found his abandoned vehicle, and then they found his body where he was shot several times. Most of her victims were shot six to ten oh times. Gosh. There's wow. a reoccurring theme with, with her mm -hmm. with her murder. So the next victim, construction That's a lot. worker. Who doesn't hear all those gunshots? She's doing this along the highway. She pulled off and would take them a little ways away because. Oh, yeah, no one's going to pay attention to that. The way she would get them is. She is, hi, mm -hmm. I'm a sex worker, pick mm -hmm. me up. They're being secretive, picking yeah. her up in the first place. Oh She's God. saying, here, this let's go to this go. spot. Mm -hmm. I know this spot. They pull off the highway mm -hmm. on this vacant road, mm -hmm. abandoned. Wow. Um, she would, at that point, get them out of the vehicle. Yeah. 
she would shoot them, kill them, rob them, and they usually steal their vehicle sometimes for only a day or two and then abandon it. Wow. So you've got male bodies off the side of the road yes. in kind of these weird remote locations, all gunshot wounds, multiple, um, all wow. robbery situations, and all their vehicles have been abandoned. So that was consistent with each one of her victims. Uh, one six times shot another one, nine times. Um, there were, she left evidence in the vehicles. They were all men in their 40s to 60s. So, um, pretty interesting there. Wow. I mean, every, you're talking everything from actual sex offenders right. who we talked about, mm -hmm. uh, truck drivers, um, men in the military. Mm -hmm. One was a police officer that was a, mm -hmm. he was actually a state child abuse investigator that she ended up murdering. Another one, um, I believe he was a pastor. Like, I mean, she just was, she was killing anybody. It wasn't, yeah, it was, like a specific type of, her, yeah. No, it was wow. really anybody who she got in their mm -hmm. vehicles because a lot of people is suspected that they were just giving her a ride because right. she was hitchhiking. Yeah. You know, not mm -hmm. necessarily, necessarily soliciting mean, sex work yeah. from her. But her claim every time was that she had been raped. Mm -hmm. um, and then Eileen and Ty actually took one of the vehicles with them. So, was it like a nice one or something? <laughs> it was really kind of whatever she needed to have. Okay. So she needed to have a vehicle yeah. for a while, mm -hmm. she would have one. And Ty mm -hmm. would just see, Eileen is showing up with vehicles, right. now she has money. How is this happening? She oh. had suspicions, it but... It wasn't like, hey honey, I killed someone today. Exactly, it yeah. wasn't. Or at least that's what Ty claims. Right, okay, okay, yeah. So she claims that she had no idea about the killings. Mm -hmm. She would know, she suspected it. Because, yeah. you know, there's this money showing weird. up. Sometimes wallets, mm -hmm. these men's wallets where she was seeing their IDs. Mm -hmm. You know, so there was some suspicion. Uh, but they finally, shit goes bad when they are joyriding in one of the vehicles. And they actually wreck it. And oh. as they're trying to leave the scene, right. they get witnessed. They're approached by oh. a bystander who tries to talk to them. Eileen gets belligerent. They run off. Of course, the police come. Mm -hmm. They have. They end up finding like video footage mm -hmm. of them, or they can identify them. Their faces are out yeah. there. Um, the victims' personal items were starting to show up in pawn shops. Wow. Um, there were handprints of Eileen's in the car. Yeah, I was gonna say there's gotta be prints, right? Yeah, she has yeah. an extensive criminal record. It wasn't too hard to match prints. Like they fucking, they got your shit on file, girl. They know you. <laughs> like you go to jail a lot. Um, so once they kind of caught yeah. up with her. They watched her for two days and ended up finally arresting her in January 1991 on an outstanding warrant at the Last Resort Biker Bar in Daytona Beach, Florida. Wow. So this is a really popular place. I don't know if you've ever seen the pictures of it, no. but it's been highly publicized and they wow. actually did film the movie in that bar. Um, yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's become very famous, of course. It's like a cult mm -hmm. attraction now wow. because of Eileen. Um, so they've arrested her. The next day, they start looking for Ty. They don't know what mm -hmm. she knows. They mm -hmm. know of her. They know she's involved. Yeah. She was identified mm -hmm. at the scene, fleeing the car. Um, and she ran off to Pennsylvania. So Whoa, that's a long from. trip. A long trip up there. Yeah. So, uh, once they caught up with her, she started singing like a bird. And mm -hmm. she said that she would agree to get a confession. She said, if you give me immunity, Whoa. I can get you a confession. <gasps> Whoa, okay. So right. here we go. We've got the one person. Love of her life. Love of her life. Mm -hmm. One person that she ever trusted is ready to betray her at the drop of a hat. Mm. 
So, turns on her, Ty came back to Florida, and the police put her in a motel where the cops had her make phone calls to Eileen. Mm -hmm. They recorded all the conversations. I've listened to them. Uh, I want to listen to them now. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> well, you can tell in the calls mm -hmm. that Eileen is suspicious. She yeah. asks, you like, hear her you say, yeah. who's in the room with you? Are you mm -hmm. in the room with somebody? Like, she mm -hmm. can feel it. Yeah. But Ty keeps pushing her. Mm -hmm. She denies it, and she uses some severe emotional manipulation. Mm -hmm. She says, the police are harassing me. Mm -hmm. They're looking at me. They're yes. looking at my family. I need you to wow. clear my name. Wow. I need you to confess so that I'm safe. That's and that's all I wanted to do. Yeah. Right. All she wanted to do was protect nice. Ty. Yeah. It didn't matter even that she suspected wow. she was being betrayed. And I mean, without that situation, though, Ty would would have gone like it wasn't a total lie I guess right because in a way she was protecting Ty by confessing but not yeah. not by her uh, her knowledge yeah it's one of those uh, uh, situations where it just it feels really sad yeah. I mean like obviously I what I did was terrible and yeah. there are seven <laughs> men that are dead because of her and these are fathers these are husbands right. these are people's brothers yeah. and sons these are people's loved ones um, and most of them, I believe, were innocent, innocent people not trying to rape her. I do not, you yeah. know, I, I'm, the first one may have been right. self-defense, but, you yeah, know, you'll we'll, never, yeah. we'll never really know mm -hmm. that. Um, Eileen does talk about it mm -hmm. later, though. Okay. Um, but she ended up going to trial for murder, and she is convicted with the help of Ty's testimony. So Ty gets on the stand, testifies mm -hmm. against her. This is the first time that Eileen is really realizing Wow. That she's been betrayed. Yeah. Ty wouldn't even look at her. Wow. All Eileen wanted was... just like all of a sudden, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't Dang. even look at her. So, um, she was sentenced to death. That's a rough, yeah. After sentencing, she testified that she was mentally unstable. She'd been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, antisocial personality disorder. Um, she hated prison. Oh, wow. What are you doing, man? Do we need to change locations or are we good? I think we're good for a minute. Okay. We'll just talk a little louder. We'll get loud. <laughs> it's fine. People don't understand we're doing stuff. Come on. So, um, she hated prison. One of her amazing quotes that she said, she finally admitted that she killed all those men and robbed them cold as ice. And Whoa. she said she would do it again, cold too. ice. It Here's a direct quote. There's no chance in keeping me alive or anything because I'd kill again. I have hate crawling through my system. I'm so sick of hearing the wow. she's crazy stuff. I've been evaluated so many times. I'm competent, sane, and I'm telling the truth. I'm the one who seriously hates human life and would kill again. Wow. Yeah. Um, initially, actually, when she was convicted, though, she uh, had some choice words for the jury. Oh, I'm sure. I'm she sure. called them scumbags. Uh, she yeah. told them all that she hoped they get raped. Oh. Um, that they are sending a raped woman to death. Wow. So it's funny. She contradicts herself a lot. Um, at one point, she really starts to kind of lose her shit in prison. Yeah. She starts accusing other prisoners of tainting her food with dirt and spit and urine. Uh, she says the guards are trying to make her commit suicide, and she thought they wanted to rape her. This is a constant theme in her life where she feels like everybody yeah. wants to hurt her sexually, which, I mean, that childhood, 
I can see where that mindset came from. Yeah. Um, she complained of strip searches and she frequently had window checks and wow. door kicking. Uh, <laughs> she blamed everybody for the mattresses. Like her mattresses had mildew and she thought that was sabotage. Um, she just had a lot of a lot of problems in jail. She said that uh, she was being poisoned, that her mind was being tortured, and that her head was being crushed by sonic pressure. So at this point, Eileen is getting pretty delusional. Paranoid. Um, in one of her final interviews, she like is completely competent through the whole thing till the end. She switches and she starts accusing the interviewer of trying to make her look crazy. Whoa. She is yeah. mad at everybody that everybody took advantage of her yeah. real life. And now they're making a book and a movie and that people sold her out. That would do it. And her, she's not profiting. No, she's not. And <laughs> her final words on camera were, thanks a lot, society, for railroading my ass. Her execution took place on October 9th, 2002. She died at 9.47 a.m., right. so we know times. Yeah. Um, she refused her last meal. Whoa. What, what a move. What yeah. a move. She said, hell no. Um, it, she could have had anything under $20. Like, I would have gotten yeah. so much shit. Oh, yeah. I would have got, I would have been, like, sit mm -hmm. <laughs> What would you, what would her last meal be? Oh, I don't know. It's too hard to say. I... Like a buffet, you know, like a little bit of everything. Okay. You know, everything I like. I would do like all the sugar. Um, <laughs> I would do so much sugar. No sugar limits. All the grains, because I cannot have grains. Um, oh, that's severe true. Severe allergic reactions. So I would eat like all the shit I could get. I'd eat bread and butter. I would eat so much ice cream. I would eat Man, yeah, I wonder so if much shit. I wonder if I'd stay vegan on my last meal. Who knows when you're in that mindset? Oh my god. I feel like I would, would but... No, no you'd throw it out. No. You would eat cheese. No, I don't, I don't know. <gasps> I would eat a lot of cheese. I don't really know. I mean, it might help if your stomach... It would make my stomach hurt. I mean, if your stomach hurts and you're on the chair and they're about to kill you, it's like, oh yeah, get me out of this pain. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, you don't really want to live. You know, I know, so I'm so kind of dramatic about stomach, stomach pain. Like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, just kill me. <laughs> I've overeaten to a point that it's time to kill me. <laughs> That's awful. That is awful. Sorry, guys. We're morbid. It's terrible. Sorry. We apologize. Um, so instead of having food, she had a cup of coffee, which I can't dog her for. I mean, I feel like I would want espresso. Something. So, you know. Yeah, some kind of. Her last words were fantastic. Right, Are you ready? Last words. We're going to end it with her last words, and then we're going to look at her chart. So, ahem. yes, I would like to say I'm sailing with the rock. I'll be back like Independence Day with Jesus, June 6th, <laughs> like the movie, Big Mothership and all, I'll be back. Eileen was the 10th woman in the United States and the second in Florida to be executed since wow. the 1976 United States Supreme Court decision that was uh, taking, or restoring, excuse me, capital punishment. So. Um, that whole thing, her childhood best friend, mm -hmm. who was her friend, her only friend, really, yeah. her whole life, all the way to the end, said that whole statement was Eileen talking about God and getting people to talk about her, which here we are, because she was a hell of a character. Uh, <laughs> That's amazing. June 6th? 
She threw that day on today? Yesterday, she said she was going to come back. Yeah. She said... What, what, and what day is she? She died in October, so like the next year she was saying she's coming she back? She didn't say a year. She said she was going to come back like Independence Day with Jesus. Maybe she meant the 4th of July, because that's oh, wait, Independence wait, Day. Wait, what year was it again? 2002. Uh, I was going to say, maybe it was 2006, it was 666. Nope. She, no. Uh, no. Nope. I think she just, <laughs> I think she was just random. Okay. Sagittarius, you're really like 
um, it's not escaping, but you're, because Pisces is more escapist. I guess, well, she is, you know, she does have a lot yeah, of Pisces going on. She's escaping, yeah. Yeah, she's going away. She's traveling away, like, um, pretty far. I mean, she was from Michigan, she went to Florida, like, that's a pretty good. She did literal escaping, yeah. but she also did mental escaping. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, she that's a Pisces alcohol, thing. which is <laughs> totally a Pisces thing. So. That's a Pisces thing. That, she that definitely escapism struggled. mindset where, you know, you, you kind of are made to have this, like, uh, strong inner world where you can escape to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also, you know, I'd love to see what's in her, where her 12th house is because that also can show, like, uh, that kind of energy. It can also show some stronger, some nice things, like your intuition and, um, you know, like, your hidden talents and things like that can also be shown in your 12th house. But it's also, it is, it is um, one of the, the darker houses. Well, I'd love to know Eileen's hidden talents. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't really get a chance to explore them, but who knows what might have been. Maybe she could have been a great crafter. She would have been really great at wearing vests and going to craft fairs. She might have been good at whittling. And we don't know. I mean, a moon, and, a moon and Libra, she could have. You know, she probably had, like, a, a mindset for, like, what would be pleasant. Like, you know, she wanted she wanted to have some kind of emotional balance in her life, for sure, with that, that Libra moon. Yeah. You know, you're kind of, it, oh, that's really rough, too. Because when you have a Libra moon, you're looking for uh, comfort uh, through, like, oh. watching reactions of other people. So you're really, like, it, you know, Libra is kind of, like, um, the opposite of identity, is opposite of Aries. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really, like, you're looking for your identity through other people. It's, it's, so is that, yeah. like, would that be approval-seeking type thing? Oh, yeah, like that would be the approval thing. Oh, like, if you have a yeah. lot of Libra energy, you might be a person who... Um, says something and kind of gauges the room around you, but before you even say anything, you probably already kind of know because you've observed those people so long. Oh, um, wow. you're really, you're watching what everybody does all the time, and you kind of say, like, okay, this will get a good reaction, and I'll say this. Like, it's not oh, wow. always that contrived. Okay. A lot of it's more, like, subconscious. Like but just it's, a lot of awareness. Yeah, you're, you're really that. focused on other people. Okay. It's hard to see yourself sometimes when you have, so it's it's almost like she, it was hard to see her own emotions sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this can also be shown in the seventh house, whatever, it's in your seventh house. Um, you know, this could also show, like, she was going to be really emotionally committed to a partnership with a moon in Libra, because Libra is um, a partnership type of sign. Um, yeah, it, it's rough. Her moon um, does have a square to Uranus, uh, so this shows uh, a lot of unexpected uh, issues, uh, like an issue with like, probably identity to some extent. It's in retrograde as well. Um, wow. Like unexpected, uh, this is, oh, okay. Yeah, Uranus is in Cancer, in retrograde. That's definitely, that's also the mother. Um, cancer, you're looking at things with the mother. Um, unexpected issues with the mother. Um, it's kind of like this spontaneity of the universe just really like slapping her in the face emotionally. Um, yeah, super, and it's also squaring her Neptune as well, which is in retrograde. So this okay, is- Okay, and I learned last time, yeah, squares are bad. <laughs> so. Squares are stressed. Squares are stressful squares and challenges are, no. in life. <laughs> <laughs> squares are so no. They're so no. Um, yes, knowledge right there. I'm learning every time. <laughs> pop, 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 pop astrology. Yes. Squares are like a no. Squares are terrible. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Kind of like that pop culture version off. Okay, so then we have a square to Neptune retrograde as well. So Neptune... Okay. One of the things Neptune is really famous for is like, you know, it's your intuition. It's like your dream world, you know? 
Um, it's it's also how you kind of view the world. It's like, um, like for example, Pisces, which is ruled by Neptune. Um, oh, like sometimes they will, yeah. Sometimes they will uh, kind of view the world through these rose-colored glasses. Like like they want to see the nice things because if they as soon as, as soon as they take those rose-colored glasses off, like they feel like they have to escape. Like it's like mm -hmm. oh, this is too much, you know. They they Pisces feels everything. Uh, um, so it's really oh, stressful. Um, when you have a lot of Pisces energy going on. So Neptune also having stress on it like that, like the the stress from her, um, you know, things that would come up chaotically in her life would do a lot of damage to her worldview as well as her emotional self. And her day, li her day to day life was just <laughs> constant chaos. Oh. So that seems like it was. Yeah. Ugh. I can't see anything in Virgo, which would show like more like day to day routines and stuff, unfortunately. Uh, if we could see her houses, we could see a sixth house issue, but I don't, I don't have houses. Um, okay. And we have, that's because we don't have the birth time, yes. like it won't show those yes. houses. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Um, we'll have to probably make sure soon we get something with the birth time, because I'm just curious now. Yes. All right. Uh, then we get a, all right, here's a big stressor. Saturn square Ceres. Um, so Ceres is an asteroid, Saturn is a big planet with rings. Yeah, uh, I, I know that <laughs> You know, yeah. You know. That's famous one. Uh, apparently, like, NASA or somebody got, like, a really good picture, like, the best picture ever of their of its rings recently. Oh. Like, look it up. My nephew absolutely loves space, so I'm sure I could ask him. He's eight. I'm sure I could ask him, and he would talk about it for two days straight. Perfect. Like, he loves it. So. Google has decided I need to have uh, news alerts when things with the planets happen. So I get all the Mars oh updates now. Oh my god, now. Google I get, knows like, your heart. Google knows what's what I want to see, apparently. So um, <laughs> so Saturn is, you know, it's a lot of restriction. Um, it's kind of like an old grumpy man who wants you to do things by the book. Oh, he yeah. sounds it's so like lame. It's like kind of that energy. It's not always that bad. <laughs> but that's when it's bad, it's like, it's like real bad. It's okay. like old mean grandpa, like, you okay. know. Um, and they, it's very limiting, very discipline-oriented, uh, structural. And then when you have this as squared to Ceres, Ceres is what you need to feel loved in life. Um, so there was a limitation. She was not getting what she needed to feel loved in life. Um, she had a little bit of support from her moon, which is trying, which is an easy uh, aspect. Uh, to Ceres, so she could, she could almost, almost help herself uh, oh, emotionally, but there God. was, there was too much external things. It's funny because she like literally said that about yeah. her life at the end <laughs> of like she just wanted to be better. She just wanted to be mm. this kind of person that for some reason she couldn't be as yeah. awesome that you can like see that. Yeah, on the chart. no, yeah. Just looking at all these stressors on her chart, she does have a lot of squares. Um, I don't think. Does she have any positive aspect that's oh not also squared? I mean, it's nice that she has some positive aspects, but wow. Um, okay, so another thing here is uh, her sun sign is squared her north node and south node. So it means it's it's like uh, if it's if something is squared one of them, it is squared both of them um, mm -hmm. because they are exactly opposite on the chart, which is going to be harder to explain uh, than to show. So I won't go on about that, but um, <laughs> your north node and south no. node show your life path. Okay. Yeah, it's your life purpose, it's point what you, it's kind of like this, like, feeling like you're constantly wanting more of a certain type of thing in your life, or 
you feel cold to go a certain way in life. Like a direction. Yeah, it's not even like you choose, you don't really choose it, it's just kind of like, oh, I just have to do the more of this. Like, okay, it's like yeah. a drive to follow in this mm-hmm. direction, I feel like this is my purpose, yes. this is what I'm doing here. Mm-hmm. My mission. <laughs> it's a mission. And that's what I was saying was her uh, past with uh, being denied by her community and moving away, escaping. Mm-hmm. Um, it's connected to that. Her sun sign being in Pisces um, is square to uh, her north and south node. So this shows that her being herself was a challenge to her own life path. Um, Her being herself uh, was a huge challenge in that, you know, she had to, it it was like either, whether she looked to her past or her future, there was was this feeling like she couldn't be herself. Um, Probably a feeling like uh, an issue, a little, probably a little bit of an issue with identity or self-esteem with this um well she definitely talked about like how she looked down on herself for homosexuality yeah. mm-hmm. which is another you know yeah. really in line with that identity issue i know that i struggled with that like, yeah. at a point in my life too like i i yeah. totally get that identity thing where it's even your sexuality is confusing and, right like, oh, especially yeah. if you look down on yourself yeah. for what you're feeling, it's so... And then figuring out what you're feeling, and then yeah. trying to feel about how you're feeling. It's like a whole mess. Yeah. It takes a long time. Mm. Oh, Eileen! Yeah. Oh. Okay, and then... Yeah, I feel like there's something else I want to say about that, but it's not coming to me right now. Um, yeah, it's, it's basically like, she's almost directionless a little bit with this aspect. Yeah. Um, or at least at times she's going to feel very, very, very directionless. Um, let's see, her Chiron is in Aquarius... Uh, Phobos is in Aquarius, Pallas is in Aquarius, Mercury is in Aquarius, uh, Mercury... Wow, there's a lot of Aquarius Yeah, she does, yeah. Um, and then, uh, all of those are hit with some big squares to Vesta. Um, so Vesta is is that energy, it's in her vertex. Um, it's what you're most diverted, devoted to. (laughs) Diverted to. Diverted to. It's what you're most devoted to in life, in this life. It's, it's usually, like, a very natural, like, devotion to something. It's not really something you choose, you know. It's not like, I decide I care about puppies, you know. Right. It's, it's like, uh, (laughs) I don't know, she's just very devoted to, actually, like, a scorpionic energy. It's very, like, um, like, intense, strong, um, Mm -hmm. kind of more probably a little bit more tough, you know, she wanted, that kind of explains why I think when she was older, she kind of went that route, like, to feel some kind of good about herself, like, yeah. uh, there's a trying to her sun sign from there, so, uh, that seems like it might have been a little supportive of her, you know, trines are good, she's, she's, try, you know, she did, like, man, okay, so the squares I was talking about, when you have, um, someone with Mercury with a strong square like that, it's, it can really mess up your thinking. Uh, Mercury is about how, you know, your common sense, your, your basic practicality, your thinking, your thoughts, your communication. Um, and being in Aquarius just really makes it uh, kind of like that detached situation I was talking about okay, before. Okay, yeah. On uh, the last episode, catch it on. <laughs> catch it on the, on the repeat. I don't know. On the repeat. <laughs> Rewind it. with her thinking um, I feel like and her that, communication. It, 
it really made it, you know, it was already kind of in a detached manner, you know, very smart, but kind of detached manner. Um, that really can, that really puts a big stress, but a big, like, emphasis on that. Um, and then Chiron being right there as well, um, this can really show that she was not helped by, um, you know, like, the larger community. I was going to say, like, like society, anyone, anywhere? Society <laughs> failed her. And yeah. that's shown by her Chiron uh, with massive with squares to Vesta in Aquarius. Uh, she believed society yeah. failed her. She mm -hmm. believed that she, you know, yeah. that Folis was her reality. that. And Folis is an asteroid which really, like, a, what's, I'm going to say this word wrong, exacerbates? Exacerbates. Yeah. That's right. I think Well, it exaggerates. Like I say, exaggerates um, wherever, whatever area it's in. It's similar to Jupiter. Jupiter will expand whatever area it's in. Okay. Um, for her, hers is conjunct Pluto, uh, so you're expanding change in life. Um, for her Folis, it's it's exaggerating her life trauma, so it's making her an even oh, bigger. It's intensifying. It's, it's, intensifying. It. Yeah. Yeah. it's taking it the extra mile, and it almost makes it where she's tripping herself up over time. Because ah. uh, you know you can really just shoot yourself in the foot with a bad Folis placement. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Her. A lot of a lot of issues there with Aquarius. Um, that's really rough. She mm. definitely had it really rough. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Can you see anything on there, like any changes in like being aggressive or anything? Oh, because right, that was right. the two sides of her. Is like oh, she yeah. seemed to have this oh, yeah, one yeah, side yeah. that was really fun and liked to party mm -hmm. and liked to kind of escape and be wild and yes. free, wild child. Then she had this other yes. side where people always talk about her temper. How she would just go off the handle, how she would become physically violent with just about everybody. And that was later in life, right? Because yeah, this was in her 20s, her like mid to late 20s, when mm -hmm. she started getting into that life of crime because her younger childhood days, they didn't talk about her mm -hmm. ever being violent really until, you know, she started drinking and partying. So I'm sure alcohol yeah. did not help with, you know, right. her feelings of anger that she was so going on, but... When leading up to just her killing, it seems like there was a something like her, a spike in her, mm -hmm. the way she expressed her aggression. Not that she didn't feel it before, but yeah. like her expression of it certainly changed and manifested in a way. And also that paranoia of like always thinking somebody's gonna hurt you. Yeah, because she carried that like all the way to accusing guards of peeing on her mattress and stuff and like peeing in her food. Like, that would be that delusional aspect is a lot of uh, a poorly aspected Pisces and Neptune placement. Um, and she does have that. <laughs> um, and it's really tied to her emotions, those delusions, especially because the moon is conjunct uh, Neptune on her chart. Um, okay, so the aggressive side. Okay, this is why I forgot to talk about it because <laughs> she does have some nice aspects to Mars, which is where you look for um, or like a, it's it's a more combative energy, Mars. Uh, you know, okay. it's, it's kind of like, you think of an Aries kind of fiery, kind of... My mom's an Aries! <laughs> my mom! Hi, Mom! <laughs> um, yeah, so we got Mars here in Capricorn. Capricorn makes Mars um, a little more, like, practical, maybe calculated, maybe a little bit more, um, like... Like, like structure good for her. Like she like she needs like that. her ambition and her passion in life is going to be more structured. Um, except you know she doesn't know where the fuck she's going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like she's got the thing with the, the, the issue here is um, 
But she has uh, Lilith and Juno conjunct this, which can mean that she feels empowered when she uses her Mars placement. Uh, she feels committed to, use, to sticking with um, how she feels empowered. Um, okay. Which seems this, like that's murdering and dominating this, it, it, it's, and it's a potential right there. Because yeah. you, know, you got a strong vibe going with that. But this, the, kill, the kicker, the killer. The killer is, is uh, Eileen. A twin and the kicker out. is <laughs> some other thing. Some other thing, yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so, okay, it's a, there's a Quinn comes from her Mars to that Uranus retrograde that I mentioned earlier in okay. Cancer. Um, this is this is mother issues. <laughs> this is unexpected chaos from the world really hitting you. Uh, this is issues. Uranus also rules Aquarius, so this is also issues with society not helping you. Uh, this is um, this. I could go on and on about this, but that is in Quinn comes to uh, her Mars. So this is like a block energy. So all of this is happening, and there's a block to her um, ambitions and passions in life, and how she exerts herself physically uh, and um, combatively in some way. So it does. With there's a block like this, I would be tempted to say like there's probably a shift at some point because um, it's kind of like you're running into the same wall over and over your whole life, and then at some point she just freaks out, you know, because. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe she was, uh, like, maybe she was raped, but, um, it looks like, yeah. yeah, there was definitely potential. Like, if you're gonna hit the same exact block in life over and mm. over, and your yeah. energy is so intensified, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like a, a pendulum effect. Like, if the pendulum's swinging a little bit, you know, it's not a whole lot going on. But if your energy's swinging a lot, yeah. like, you're gonna hit that block and you're gonna freak out. Um, that's where I see that aggression coming out. Um, she does yeah. have Venus in Aries, uh, but that I don't really see that necessarily being, um, it could kind of be like a vibe where if you fuck with me, then like, I'm gonna fuck with you. I but, mean, that wouldn't, that is uh, definitely how she that reacts. Could, that could definitely be a part of it as well, yeah. It's like, one of the things Ty would say is that when they would go out, Eileen would get into so many confrontations <laughs> that it was embarrassing, but it got to a point where it was like, they couldn't go anywhere without wow. getting into some sort of verbal altercation. Just wow. like she was ready to fight. Like she was ready yeah. to be She was on defense mode. Yeah, she was on defense mode her whole life. Mm -hmm. So she was ready to be the victim of something and then retaliate and react. So that was definitely um, kind of her her thing. Okay, I'm going to pull up her death. Okay. All right, so this is a way more complicated chart. I'll just say you guys really Oh, yeah. chart! It's not going to show up really well, but I, I thought it might be fun. Just put a still of the chart, like, you know, move <laughs> it in there, put a still frame. Oh I don't know. We'll get our tech people to do that. Okay, I want to look at... Amy's our tech people. <laughs> That's me, though. Uh, Barley's our sound guy, and she's done a terrible job. Oh, okay. Oh, here's something interesting. I'm ready. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Ascendant is what was coming up on the horizon, okay. uh, the moment that we pulled the chart. Um, okay. So it's exactly over her vertex um, on her chart. So the moment she died, um, the sun was rising right where her uh, part of her life was headed. If that makes sense. So it's, huh. it's really rare to have like mean? an exact act, like aspect like that. Does that mean like? Oh, and Pholus is there as well. Oh okay. God! What so is this is her. This is her. 
Um, combative energy with the new Venus and Aries. This is her, part of it, not all of it. Uh, this is her shooting herself in the foot energy, like, like messing herself up, society failing her uh, energy. It's all right on the horizon as uh, she is killed. Um, wow. So it's really, it's really symbolic. Uh, wow. There was her death. And then uh, Neptune, I could see why she's getting like really delusional up until the point where she dies because yeah. Neptune is retrograde right on top of Chiron and Follows on her chart on a, at this moment and that time. Mm -hmm. Neptune moves slow, so this was you know probably months of her uh, really feeling delusional, really getting like um, just so kind of, paranoid. Yeah, yeah. That's like, fine. Because it's right over Chiron. That is her her biggest emotional trauma in her life. And then Folis exaggerating it. Neptune is right there giving her oh delusions. <laughs> that sounds awful. That's, that's all leading up to her death. And, you know, it was there on her death as well. Wow. Um, man. Yeah, Lilith was in Aries when she, uh, leading up to her death, like in, on her death. And when Lilith is in Aries, my Lilith in Aries. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but Lilith in Aries, it, it can really make you over-sexualize things to, to some extent. Huh. Like it kind of makes like that Aries competitive energy be like a sexual competitive energy in a way. Like it's an empowerment energy okay. through like sexuality. Interesting. Um, it's also um, through with that Aries energy. It's like uh, it's almost it's really fiery. Uh, it can be um, it can be combative. Uh, where, you know, that kind of makes sense leading up to her. She's having these delusions, and then <laughs> she's feeling extra combative. Extra. Uh, I mean, she always aggressive. felt combative, but... Uh-huh. <laughs> a little bit aggressive there. Um, yeah, there's a lot to be having. Hi! <laughs> she's overheard, like, the worst parts. It's, it's fine. It's fine. We have, we have fans. No. no. Oh. <laughs> yeah, fans. We, have, we have so many fans just lining up to see... What's oh, oh, how did I not notice this right away? Okay, okay. so she's okay, okay. also got her north node and south node flipped uh, the day she died. So, so it, her world it turned upside down, literally? Or like her, that mean? Her, her past was her future at the moment. Her future was her past at the moment. That's pretty cool. Why? <laughs> I uh, love it with her last words in combination with her last words of like, I'll be back, like Independence Day! Like she, I want to know why she said June six. That's really killing me. I don't know, but she did say it. I, I, that was a long way away from this because she died in October. But mm. just her, her last things that she said, it was that's just so funny that she, she had made that proclamation. <laughs> just yeah, like, I could look at this forever. I gotta stop. She's she does have a Jupiter in Leo while she was on like probably doing her trial and doing all of that. Uh, and she did a lot of interviews. Mm -hmm. A lot. Yeah, that's I mean, Leo. Leo, like in the last uh, the pilot episode, uh, we uh, talked about how Leo. <laughs> we did talk a lot about Leo. Leo, Black Leo makes Dahlia. things really public. Yeah, you know, they're almost on per like performing. It's like yes. it's you know you're there up on the stage with Leo, and like I said earlier, Jupiter expands an energy for you at the time. Um, and a transit chart, it's it's a temporary expansion, and she for her. It's, it's it's an expansion of that publicity that that uh that like life force type of can you tell like any sort of feeling she had about it because publicly she was lashing out against it like publicly she's mm -hmm. accusing everybody she's saying thanks for railroading my ass society like fuck you like she called everybody scumbags <laughs> like she really had some hostile 
feelings toward the media. She knew the movie was yeah. being made at the time. She knew it was going to come out. Mm -hmm. She kept accusing her of making money off of her rape, off of her story. So like she had some strong public opinions, but yeah. can you see okay, anything? Yeah, I can see some of that? that. I can see it that. So transit moon is what you want to look at for like passing emotions. Okay. Um, transit moon was square uh, Jupiter and transit Jupiter, like the publicity thing. Um, leading up to her death and on her okay. death, uh, so she's got, you know, she's she's really like, that's a big challenge for her. It was stressful for her at the time, all that publicity. Mm -hmm. um, not happy about that. Okay, um, that was a genuine emotion. I figured yeah. it was. Yeah, and her and the moon um, was leading up to her Saturn, which is limitation. Uh, it was in Scorpio, which is traditionally, you know, the sign of death. It's transformation. Mm -hmm. It's it's all of that. So it's, I don't know, we would want to see more of like a house situation, but, well, I guess we do have a house. Like, <gasps> we have a house. It's in her, oh, yeah, because it's in the first house. Oh, house. Yeah, so the moon, the moon in Scorpio was the first house. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. So she, yeah, she was not feeling good about it. She kind of felt like she could have some, like, creativity about her, um, well, not creativity, but kind of like, she was finding a new approach to things at the time as well, because she's got this um, quintile over to her massive Aquarius problems. <laughs> um, she's kind of, I think she's trying to get her mind right a little bit at this time. Mm -hmm. um, she's also got a trying to her Uranus issue um, from Transit Moon. She's she's really, I think she's trying to be at peace with it to some extent, uh, but she's not happy about a lot of other things going on. <laughs> um, and that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, she made so it known. Room. She made her unhappiness quite known <laughs> to quite everyone known. in every situation. Oh, Eileen. Well, the current eighth house, when she was, when the moment she died, um, was over her. It was right next to her uh, life path issue, where I said things were flipped on the day uh -huh. she died. Um, Saturn is also there. It shows restriction again. Um, okay. She. It was. It can also show kind of like a a law situation sometimes and I kind of see that as like very restricting she's in a cell she's right. being forced to die yeah right um so her death is very uh structured and um uh, limiting yes yeah. you know when you don't get to choose how you die or when you die and they like shoot you up with something and she yeah Chiron was over her Mars issue at this time that's emotional trauma triggered by her aggression and her, uh, her passion and ambitions in life. There's so much here, but yeah, I will stop there. That is okay. a lot A big thing that I was like kind of remembering from the first episode where you said something that has stuck with me. I've made you remind me of it multiple times. What was where it? <laughs> there's something along the lines of where like our lives are like loosely oh, programmed. programmed. Yeah, yes, yeah. I love that phrase. And I feel like for Eileen, like, had, oh, absolutely. had she been born into a different mm -hmm. situation, mm -hmm. like, had her grandparents been a positive placement mm -hmm. for her, or, like, yes. whatever, it sounds like she still would have had, like, a lot of trouble. Yeah, I mean, still, in, like, in my opinion, it, it's, you know, yeah. is the energy will manifest either, you know, it's kind of like that pendulum thing I mentioned earlier. Yeah. It's like, if, if it, it was both waiting for her her whole life. Like, her energy was, it was, her chart was manifesting in a very strong way her whole life. But that's Eileen Mornos, you guys. Mm -hmm. That is uh, America's first serial killer that was a female to kill like a guy, which, whoa. Killed like a dude. I guess um, you, 
could call her feminist. She went about it very wrongly. Um, she's been a, a fixture in pop culture for that reason. Also, mm -hmm. the movie Monster, of course. Mm -hmm. Great movie. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Yeah. It's, I it's think this is also watching. a testament to having societal uh, things set up to help people. Like support. Yeah, yeah. So I, you're not just, you don't start off bad and just get continually kicked to the curb. Advocating for children in bad situations. <laughs> yes, that's really like to me. I think mm -hmm. of Eileen when I when I see her. I think yeah. of that little girl that mm -hmm. was abandoned at four years old and never really had a place in the world mm -hmm. and was a complete outcast in those formative years yes. of becoming a teenager and hitting puberty. Like she was already sexually active before right. was so puberty, much. and that's what that could do to your brain as a young girl. And for real, thank you guys for being here yeah. um thanks for taking this ride with us mm -hmm. we are having a great time doing it we're both really passionate about you know mm -hmm. our parts in this yeah. and uh enjoy doing this together so welcome aboard people we're gonna keep going and here so, we go Buckle yeah up. here we go um <laughs> we're gonna have a name next week so please help us pick one out mm -hmm. again instagram is the best place to find both of us so mm -hmm. check us out participate Get in on this. Get help in us, on it. Help Get us in there. Stuff. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. Bye, y'all.